Welcome back to another episode of Our Maryland's Politics and Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Leatherberry. Huge news, uh, actually. The AP now projecting that Donald Trump has won the state of Pennsylvania. That is uh, the race, frankly. Uh, There is no path forward for Hillary Clinton. Now they're jumping up and down, screaming, high-fiving, and we're hearing those chants that were once Florida, Florida, Florida. Now they're saying President Trump. President Trump. This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States. The 2016 election changed a lot of things. Following the election of Donald Trump, many people's eyes were open to some of the harsh realities of America. Most notably, Americans realized that in terms of political information, involvement, and advocacy, they had been asleep at the wheel. Following the election, many felt compelled to just do something. But what? Staying up to date about what's happening in your community, especially in your state and local government, is not an easy task. Antiquated methods of political communications and sometimes outright secrecy regarding potential legislation can make it very difficult for the average person to know what hearings, bills, and opportunities for political engagement are the most important for their lives. The Maryland Legislative Coalition works to make political action and access to information a little bit easier. Our guest today is Cecilia Plant, co-chair of the Maryland Legislative Coalition. She'll be sharing more information about MLC and how it's revolutionizing the way citizens can engage in government. Welcome, Cecilia. Um, Thank you. So what, what is the Maryland Legislative Coalition, and how did you get involved with it? Uh, well, I think most everyone that is involved in the coalition in any way, shape, or form, got involved after the 2016 elections. Um, People started joining groups to try and figure out what was going on around them. I joined a lot of groups. I joined groups in Montgomery County, in Baltimore County, in Baltimore City, Prince George's, Frederick. I just started reaching out for more and more ways to try and make a difference and figure out how I could get things to change for the better. And I met up with uh, Ed Johnson. Uh, He had an idea to start a a state legislative coalition. Uh, There were several of us at the beginning, uh, but Ed and I were the the ones that kept on trucking. And uh, Ed is from the Baltimore area, so uh, he joined in all the groups that he knew. I joined in all the groups that I knew and we started reaching out from there, uh, reaching out to individuals, uh, trying to get people involved in state level legislation. And our goal is to bring the people's voices into into the state house, into the General Assembly, and try and make sure that the special interests don't have louder voices than the people that actually live in this state that vote for those elected representatives. Um, And uh, one of the things that I think we've all realized and and were shocked at along the way is that a lot of legislators never hear from their constituents. Uh, One of the things that we heard initially, which is just mind-blowing, is that if they got 10 phone calls about a particular bill, they would consider that an outpouring 
from people. Uh, and, and it makes you crazy to think that no one is saying anything. But, you know, that goes back to the idea that people don't know what's going on in Annapolis. They don't even know what bills they're thinking about, much less to weigh in and have an opinion on it one way or the other. So where we decided that we could make the most impact is to do the hard work and look through all the legislation and work with legislators and work with partner organizations, you know, the professional lobbyists uh, for various causes and figure out what bills are important, figure out what those bills do, get that information out there and tell people who to contact, how to contact them. So our goal is to make it easy for average citizens everywhere to know what is important to have an opinion because they know enough to have an opinion and to know who to contact to let that opinion be known. So we're trying to make regular people's activism easy. Why do you think that folks aren't paying attention all of the time? Why do you think that some people find it challenging to keep up with what's going on in Annapolis? Well, first of all, I think there's been uh, too much death of local reporting. Uh, so there's, that's not something that uh, has been supported historically in the past decade. Uh, more and more local newspapers are going out of business. The best news that you get about what's going on in the state and, and in your local community is little sound bites that you get, uh, either from a major newspaper or on the local news stations. You very seldom get an in-depth story about what bills are being heard and so forth. Uh, and the other big challenge is that there are generally about 3,000 bills that the legislature sees in any one session. And any one session is two and a half months long. So if you're a citizen, you know, there's often bills that are duplicative, but they don't do exactly the same thing. So some of them are, are trying to get at the same solution, but different ways. You know, how does somebody decide what is the, the thing that is, is right with all of that going on? How do you even wade through 3,000 bills to figure out what's important? Um, and figure out what might be hidden in some of them, I think, as well. Exactly. So that's, that's the work that we're doing to try and do that for people so that all they have to do is read our weekly newsletters and they see these are the top bills of the week. These are bills that need my help. This is what those bills are about. Here's a phone number for my legislators. Here's how to contact them. Here's, um, you know, when uh, a hearing is. So if I want to go down and, and testify or even write in testimony, I can do that. So that's, that's what we're trying to do is dig through all of that, which is not an easy task. It's not easy to get at. I wouldn't think so. Um, I would imagine there'd be lots of hours <laughs> pouring over bills, which aren't the most fun things to read, of course. And, no. and then breaking them down and translating can certainly be challenging for people who have had no experience with perhaps reading a bill or figuring out what a law might mean to them. I know you mentioned that you all 
kind of pick what you focus on, you figure out what's important. What are some of those important items currently and how do you decide which items are important? So the the items that are going to be important this year, uh, and I'm sure everyone has at least heard about school funding uh, and school construction. Those are two really big legislative needs for this year. Uh, Our schools are horrifically underfunded and have been uh, pretty much ever since Governor Hogan got into office. He has been uh, cutting funds for public schools. He is a fan of private schools. Uh, They have been getting a lot more attention and our schools have suffered as a result. We're We're at a tipping point, actually. And one tiny little fact I would give out is that Maryland has the lowest level of college readiness requirements of almost any state. You have to have two things that you can do to get into college, to, con- to be considered ready. Read at a 10th grade level, which is frightening, and be able to pass Algebra one. Currently, 40% of Maryland students across the state are not college ready. That is a failure of immense portions. Our schools have slid anywhere from six to eight places just since Larry Hogan has been governor. So school funding, huge. School construction, huge. Those are gonna be big fights and a lot of the propaganda that you hear is that we're gonna have to raise taxes horribly. That's not really the case. A lot of what is being looked at are small changes to the tax code that would hit businesses that don't pay taxes, services that are like tanning salons and things like that that don't hit your average everyday person but will help fund our, our education system. So that's huge. Uh, obviously, climate change is huge in Maryland. We are one of, I think, the top five states in the nation most affected by climate change. And we don't have a plan. Governor Hogan's plan is essentially more fossil fuels, more non-clean energy. And so we need a plan for Maryland that will change the game, that will get us on the road to essentially a net zero or net negative greenhouse gas output by 2040. And so that's gonna be another big set of bills that's gonna come up that's gonna be competing with all of the school funding and school construction for attention this year, but it's something that we have to do. There's, there's so many other areas where it's important for the legislature to get things done. You know, banning 3D guns would, would be a, a great uh, thing to do. There's stuff coming up with the census and with trying to get our elections secure. In the realm of healthcare, there is family medical leave, which is coming up, which is an awesome thing. Some stuff that we have not been able to get done. You know, we've not done any real immigrant support legislation in easily five years. And, you know, this is a a huge state with a huge immigrant population. Uh, We haven't done any of that. So there's, there's lots and lots of things that the the legislature needs to focus on what we've done is we've pulled all this together from talking to legislators talking to our friends at various um, what are considered non-government organizations like all of the 
Sierra Club, CCAN, um, League, uh, Maryland League of Conservation Voters, all of the environmental groups, you know, ACLU, CASA, NAACP, Strong Schools Maryland. I mean, we, we look at our partners to get uh, a lot of information about what kind of bills are important. We've come up with our legislative agenda for 2020, which is up on our website, um, which says these are the, the priorities that we have. Um, some are obviously bigger than others, but this is out of all 3,000 bills, these are the ones, and there is maybe, uh, maybe 150 out of all of those that we're going to care about this session, um, but these are the things that we think are important. You did mention climate change. I know you had written an article a few days ago about Governor Hogan basically saying that he was not a climate change champion. If you could just talk a bit more about why some folks do believe Governor Hogan to be moderate enough to help with climate change in Maryland, and um, if there were some points in that article that you wanted to highlight uh, regarding why he is not a friend um, for, for climate change. Well, I will say, and, I, and I'll go back to the point of, you know, you don't get much state-level news except for sound bites. And, and I would have to say that Governor Hogan has uh, a, a really good message that he sends out. But the bottom line is that he is very heavily tilted towards fossil fuels. Um, his campaign was funded by the Koch brothers. Uh, so, you know, that sort of tells you where the money is, is going. Uh, he got kudos for signing the anti-fracking bill. Well, he only signed that. He only endorsed that after the legislator had a veto-proof majority for passing it. And so he took credit for it, but he fought it all the way to the mat. Uh, the Clean Energy Jobs Act, which he's also taken credit for, he vetoed the first time, and he has fought that all along. And, and you can hear from some of his uh, language that it's not strong enough, it's not good enough. Uh, if I had to do it, I would do it better and differently. But the reality is, his better and different is always fossil fuel related. Even after he signed the bill to ban fracking, he immediately made a big deal with Alta Gas to build more fossil fuel infrastructure in Maryland that uses fracked gas. So, you know, that's, that's not a governor that's behind the banning of fracked gas in this state, nor is he in any way trying to solve the problem, the huge problem of the greenhouse gases that are emitted by cars. He, he is all about cars. He is all about new roads. And um, actually, one of the things that you haven't heard much about is that he has been flatlining the state's, uh, the Maryland Transportation Authority's budget since he got in office. And they are at a critical point right now where they can't even get their buses and their infrastructure upgrade, not upgraded, but even maintained. So they will soon have to take bus routes down because they, they can't support them. Uh, they can't expand. So all of the rapid transit in this state, and, and, and MTA is a statewide transportation infrastructure, this will all, all crumble. I mean, if we don't make a huge investment in that because he's been diverting funds to his other projects. And he got kudos for the Purple Line, but honestly, 
Uh, he did the purple line because it would help him with his reelection. But let's think about the red line in Baltimore, which he killed. And not only did he kill it, but he stepped away from millions of dollars of federal matching funds. So not a friend. (laughs) Well, thank you for summing that up a bit. I think it's very important for our listeners to understand the things that affect them directly. Climate change is one of those. So thank you for um, elaborating on that. I know for the past couple of years, the Maryland Legislative Coalition has held a summit. The next summit is coming up next month, is that correct? That's correct. Um, So can you tell me what the purpose of the summit is and why people should attend? Uh, So the summit is a way for people to understand all of the legislation that's going to come up in the, the next session. So we always have our summit before the session. Uh, we have all of our partners get up and speak about various legislative agendas. So, you know, this year we're going to hear the, the folks from Strong Schools Maryland and Maryland State Education Association talk about school funding. We're going to hear all of the folks from the Sierra Club and the, League of, the Maryland League of Conservation Voters and CCAN and even the Sunrise Movement uh, get up and talk about uh, all of the environmental legislation. You know, the, the, moms, the moms folks will get up and talk about gun control legislation. And uh, we have healthcare groups that will talk about some of the healthcare legislation that's coming up and so forth. And we have social justice groups. And so it's a way to understand the broad swath of all the legislation that's coming up. Uh, to get to know some of the groups that are involved. So if you're jazzed about a particular piece of legislation to, you know, get involved with them. Uh, We always have training. So we have a little training on how the process works uh, for those that want to dip their toe in a little bit more heavily to the process. It's just a really great way to get to know what's happening in the state, what's important, how this is going to affect your lives. And, and some of the problems that you hear about coming up at the summit are problems you never thought that this state even had, much less that somebody's got a solution for it that just needs a little bit of support to get over the finish line. So it is kind of important to come and listen to all of that and, and get to know the folks that are trying to make the changes that the state needs. We have a presidential election coming up next year. State politics sometimes gets forgotten in the presidential election years. Can you just reiterate why state-level politics are really important to focus on, even in those years when we've got a presidential election taking up all of the airtime? Okay, so next, uh, next year is going to be presidential. We're not going to have the state legislature up again until 2022. Um, but uh, when we do have state-level races, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. They do get lost in the shuffle. I would say if you asked 10 random Marylanders who their legislators even were, they would be hard-pressed to tell you. People tend to vote in the same people over and over and over just because they recognize their names. And it's really hard for, for new candidates to get into the, the whole process. So. One of the things that is very important, I think, is that people don't know what their legislators are voting for. So you vote in 
uh, a couple delegates and a senator, and then you don't think about them for another four years, and they're off doing their thing, and then you vote for them again and again and again, and they, you know, how do you know? What feedback do you have? Um, what we do is we, we watch, we support somewhere about 150 bills every session. And at the end of the session, we score them all. So every vote by every legislator is scored and we give them a grade. So what we're trying to do is, is give the people of this state information about what their legislators are voting for and against. And during 2018, you know, we had some information. We didn't have a lot because we, we haven't been around for more than three years. Um, and when we went out and talked to people about uh, the candidates that were trying to, to run, uh, people were shocked at what their elected officials are voting against. And there will be legislators who vote against school funding, who vote against environment, who vote against health care for people. And they are very comfortable in the fact that most people will not know. But when we go out in 2022 and start looking at candidates for elective office in Maryland, there will be better information. There will be four years of voting records for every legislator. There has to be accountability. You know, when you vote for people on the federal level, you do kind of get to know what they vote for, kind of. You get more information. On the state level, you have no feedback at all. The idea is to give you feedback because the state legislation is the stuff that actually affects your life the most directly. And people have no idea. Sometimes that's the hardest thing for people who, like you at a time, just wanted to do something and be involved. Um, so I, I know that there are many of our listeners who certainly appreciate the work that your organization is doing. Could you let folks know where they can learn more about the Maryland Legislative Coalition? And if they do want to get involved, what are some things that might be happening soon that they could, they could uh, get into? The, the first thing I would say is they should visit us on our website, which is mdlegislative.com. We have a, a section of the website to join us. Um, so you would basically just give us your name and email address, and we will put you on our email list so you would get our weekly email blast during session. Uh, so even if you were not inclined, to pick up the phone or write an email, at least you would know what bills are important and what's going on. There is a section of our website where you can see the scorecards for last session for every legislator. And we also have a section where we have all the legislators listed by uh, county and district and a place where you can figure out what district you're in and what legislators you have. So that makes the rest of the information a little bit more useful. And we also have a section for the summit. So uh, you can click on that and get tickets. Uh, the summit is December 15th at UMBC. It's gonna be a, a really exciting event this year. So yeah, we would love people to join us. We would love everyone in Maryland to join us to, to understand what's happening. If you did nothing else, getting a weekly digest of what's going on in Maryland is a pretty important thing. and. 
uh, if people are inclined to pick up the phone and call their legislators and they start getting more than 10 calls on a piece of legislation, I mean, if you think about it, if you and nine friends call your legislators up on the phone and tell them to vote for a piece of legislation, you could tip it over the edge. It's just amazing. That's powerful. Yes. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. That was Cecilia Plant, co-chair of the Maryland Legislative Coalition. If you'd like to learn more, sign up for their mailing list and RSVP for the December 15th summit. Visit their website at www.mdlegislative.com. As always, thanks for listening to the Our Maryland Politics and Policy Podcast. See you next time.